the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Hey there, people. I'm back. You you may have noticed last week I was not there for most of it uh, because we got hijacked, but we are back to our normally scheduled uh, program and programming. So uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, all the hard work that went into that, especially Pastor Dan, who really worked hard on getting that done. For uh, Kevin and Bev and Faith, you guys are awesome for getting that done. One thing that didn't make it in time for the show was this right here. So uh, you'll probably recognize these guys. This is Eddie and Tommy. So give it a listen and we'll be back uh, on the other side of this. Uh, hey, this is Tommy. And this is Eddie. And we heard it's someone's birthday. Well, we're the skit guys, by oh, the way. Oh, we're the skit guys. And I'm just also, excited. First time caller, long time listener. Yes. Uh, we, hear, uh, we hear a little boy's turning 54 years old. Which makes him an old man. Oh, my goodness. Paul Pippin. Paul Pippin. This is the skit guys wishing Isn't you Paul a. Paul Pippin a character from a musical? It should be. It should I be. Know. Yeah, like, a, like, a, like Oliver or something. Oh, or I, the musical Pippin. Oh. It's one of the two. One of the two. Pippin. Pippin, uh, Paul Pippin. Or it's that British comedy, and like Paul Pippin is the guy that's always walking by the desk. Oh, hello. Hello. Paul, Paul Pippin here. Paul Pippin here. Paul Pippin. I got a cup of coffee. I'm a cousin <laughs> to Mary Poppins. The Poppins and the Pippins. <laughs> so, Paul, however it works. Hey, his, hey hold on. Mm. His, his initials are pee-pee. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, Paul. It's a good thing you're a celebrate oh, recovery guy. Hey, PP. Oh, buddy. This is calling PP the oh, rest of this no, video. It's he, awesome. That may have happened when he was a child, and it could have brings back some memories or Man, something. You're so right. Okay, PP. <laughs> well, we wanted to say happy birthday. Happy birthday, Paul. Thank you for what you do for God's kingdom, for celebrate recovery. Yeah. Thank you that you say yes to being used by God, and we hope that you feel celebrated today on your birthday. Yeah. Mark your territory, PP, as you go through the rest of this <laughs> oh, day. Know that you're loved and valued. All right, Paul. Chip, oh, chip, cheerio. I'm going to go see Mary. Bye. Bye. So there you go. I am PP. Uh, <laughs> I have been, uh, but I really love the fact that I get to mark my territory. Uh, I thought that was pretty darn funny. So thanks to Skit Guys for doing that. That was uh, a really awesome surprise as well. Hey, this is the Messed It Up podcast where we take messes and turn them into messages every week. We are 100% listener supported. What does that mean? That means that in order to pay our bills, we need to have people uh, uh, give us generous donations like they do through our text to give, which is 760-WALLS-C-A-W-A-L-L-S-C-A. Text the word MUM, M-U-M, to that number and it'll walk you through how to give a one-time gift or a recurring gift, which really helps out a lot. Uh, You can also uh, go to our Patreon, which is at um, messituppodcast.com. Click on the Become a Patron button and for as little as a dollar a month, you can join in the fun as well and help support the show. Everybody who's a giver gets access to our Discord chat server so you can talk to other uh, financial sponsors of the show and uh, chat. You also get access to our book club where uh, you can read books with uh, me, the Bowtie Guy, and we can talk about it with other readers, and that is big fun as well. So uh, I really thank you for your consideration and giving gifts to the show, because honestly, it is, um, it's what I do, and uh, the, the, the less I have to go out and find work 
uh, the easier it is for me to do, you know, pour my heart into what I really love, which is ministry and uh, doing these podcasts, my blogs, and, and writing books. I'm just about ready to get started with the third book. I'm trying to narrow down what I want to spend the next year with. Uh, so I've got a couple of ideas. When I get it narrowed down to a couple ideas, I will put that out there for listeners to give me some thoughts on as well uh, so that um, I can get your feedback and see what you would like to read next. But um, we're trying to stay busy here, and you help us do that. You also help with Messed Up Ministries, which sends people into prisons and helps uh, to advocate for prisoners and their families and uh, people who have been released and help to deal with the issues that come with all of that, including recovery issues inside and outside. So thank you so much to all of our our just dedicated uh, sponsors who give. And, you know, because we are a, a nonprofit organization, all the money that you give through our text to give is 100% tax deductible. And then the money you give through Patreon... Uh, except for the Patreon fee, is tax deductible. So that winds up being about 92% on that. But um, either way, thanks so much. And if you're not ready to give yet, that's okay. We're always free for you to give a listen to and make sure you share with your friends because it is free and that's quite a bargain. Um, And the more listeners we have, the more fun it is for us. So I just thank you all for being here. Thank you for all the birthday wishes. And uh, I guess on with the show, eh? Um... You're probably wondering, who's the silent person on the other end of the other mic? So let's go ahead and make some noise there, my friend. Okay, I'm going to introduce myself the way we introduce ourselves on Friday night at Celebrate Recovery. Ooh, I like this. So I'm going to start off by saying, hey, Forever Family, I am a grateful Christian believer who struggles with codependency and anxiety, and my name is Bev. Hey, Bev. How you doing? I'm great. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for being here. Um, so uh, one of the things we like to do on the show is the Word of the Week. Word of the Week this week is an awesome one for messed up ministries because we do work with uh, advocating for inmates and whatnot. Our, our Word of the Week this week is dactylogram. Dactylogram. Do you know what a dactylogram is? I don't. A dactylogram is the impression taken from a finger or a fingerprint. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that's a dactylogram. So, um, seems like, like it would be tactilogram. I guess, or, or fingerprintogram. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyhow, that's what that is. If you can use that, give yourself 10 bonus points. I don't know if you checked on our Instagram, but check out our Instagram because we are on the Instagrams and the Twitters and all that stuff. I took a picture with Pastor Dan at Taco Chan. So uh, I demanded my bonus points for that. Uh, So check out the Instagram and give us a little love on that that picture as well. I don't know, Bev. It's been a while since I've done this. Am I forgetting anything? I I think that sounds like everything. I think I got it all rolled up. Let's see. We talked about uh, the, the word of the week. We talked about social media. We talked about... Uh, our giving platform. So I guess now what we need to do is talk about the show. Okay. So we're back to our our walk through the principles. Uh, Eight principles laid out by Pastor Rick Warren for Celebrate Recovery all those years ago. And we are on principle six. So uh, would you read that for us, Bev, the principle and the beatitude that goes along with that? Uh, This is the E from uh, the word recovery. Evaluate all my relationships Offer forgiveness to those who have hurt me and make amends for harm I've done to others when possible, except when to do so would harm them or others. And that goes along with Matthew 5, 9, and 5, 7. Happy are the merciful, happy are the peacemakers. Yeah, and and that corresponds, it it dovetails right in with steps 8 and 9. Step 8 says we made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 
which goes with the golden rule from Luke 6.31, do to others as you would have them do to you. And then step nine, we may direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. And that's Matthew 5, 23 and 24. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. So um, so we're looking at this principle. Uh, and, and I want to start by looking at that part that says evaluate my relationships. Evaluate all my relationships. Now, this is not something where we're just giving it like a letter grade or a number grade, just saying, okay, this is a good relationship, this is not a... We're, we're looking at every single relationship and finding out what's there in that relationship. Because we're, we're weighing it out and see, like, do I need to offer forgiveness to someone? Do I need to make amends to someone? Do I need to accept uh, uh, the, the wrongs that have been done? Do I need to, to move past anything? We're trying to set those... Uh, relationships right. We're trying to balance the books and, and uh, I hate to say justify, but like we justify a checkbook and just say, okay, this is here because of that. We're not giving excuses, but we're making it so that everything is, the ba books are balanced by the end of this uh, principle and these steps. Um, how, how does that uh, strike you, the beginning of that, Bev, the, the evaluate all my relationships? Is that something that you found to me, an easy task, a daunting task, uh, overwhelming, uh, scary. What, what were your impressions first time through on this? Well, <clears throat> I think it's so much deeper than just when you sit back and evaluate your relationships. I could just say simply, um, in regards to you, Paul's my husband. That's our relationship. Mm -hmm. Okay, I've evaluated it now. I know what that is about. But um, with that, doesn't come a lot of responsibility for my behavior or my responses to you, I, I think you have to go a whole lot deeper. And, and for many years, I felt like that I just wanted to glance at them, not really evaluate right. them. Right. And, and what you said there to me, I would argue that that was not an evaluation, but more of a, um, a naming of sure. a relationship. Sure. It was, it was uh, uh, a definition of defining yeah. the relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and to evaluate it, We've got to make some judgment on these things that we're doing. And sometimes, you know, as we found in our, our, our fourth step, that fifth column, you know, sometimes the responsibility for something not working out falls on me. Sometimes the responsibility belongs with other people. But what I found most frequently in my experience is there's never one person that holds the key to responsibility. Right. Quite frequently, the m most often for me, it is a shared responsibility between two or more people, that there's there's a lot of factors that go into any particular episode or event. Yeah, you, you said that um, <clears throat> when we evaluate our relationships, there is a great deal of judgment that needs to be made. I think that's what you said. Well, unfortunately for me, I've spent a lot of my life um, passing judgment on others, but not looking at my part of it. You know, so when I looked at somebody that needed forgiveness or that I needed forgiveness, it was always that the other person had wronged me. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. I, I wasn't really looking at my part of it. And uh, it was only when I came to that four step, which was the, the one we did, what, last week? No. The, the fourth step or the fourth principle? Uh, the fourth principle. Yeah, make about, it, 
Yeah. Yeah, about, yeah, opening, openly examining, confess my faults to myself, to God, and to someone I trust, that I started looking at all the columns and coming up with the last one, which is my responsibility. What what do I have to do with this? Because I, I am a, um, I can be an excuse maker, except that I don't always expect, I, I don't always accept other people's people's excuses. Yeah, you know if that makes any sense. Yeah, I, that's that. I, yeah. I, I could fall into that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I always tell people I don't want your excuses. I don't mind hearing your reasons, but not your excuses. Yeah. But quite frequently, I want to offer an excuse because I want to excuse away the behavior that I participated in. Well, you know, um, I'm not sure if I'm jumping on your words here, but I remember the devotional that we read about today. In the 260 journey, <laughs> I'm having trouble with words tonight again. Uh, and that was that if we say that we have no problem forgiving, but we have a hard time forgetting, mm-hmm. then really what we're saying is we have a hard time forgiving. Right. You know? Right. And and this there's a, there's a lot of things going on, a lot of actions called for in mm-hmm. this principle. You know, we're evaluating the relationship and then we're looking to see... Do I need to offer somebody forgiveness or you know, do I need to make amends for stuff that I've done? Because we're we're going through this life and we're getting harmed and we're causing harm constantly. It's just there's constant barrage of this. And and just because someone harms me does not mean that they did it intentionally. No. That they did it with malice. But just because something is accidental doesn't make it hurt any less. You know, if I stomp on your foot because I'm running away and I don't see your foot there and I stomp on it, it hurts just as bad as if I stomped on it. On purpose, it's it, it, to the receiver, the pain can be the same. Now, with intent, there's an emotional pain sometimes that comes along with it as well. But it, just because it was an accident doesn't mean that I need to be okay that it happened or that I don't have to do anything about it mm-hmm. as as a, a giver of of that that pain or that that hurt. So we've got to be aware of what we're doing and what's being done to us. Right. I noticed on the last time that I was writing my inventory, I came across something. I don't know if I'm the only person that's ever done this or not. I'm going to go out on a limb and say no. Probably not. Yes. Um, I looked at someone that ended up on my inventory. And as I worked across the little grid, I found out they really had never done anything to me. I just held a... uh, I held a right to dislike them. It was my attitude toward them that was putting distance. And um, can you be vague enough to give me an example? Because I'm not uh, so sure what that means. Or somebody that I was holding responsible on my list for harming me, uh-huh. really in truth, they were just being their regular selves. But they offended me in the way they were, in the way they lived, okay. and the way they normally carried themselves through life. So it wasn't directed at me at all. It was just being in their presence that made me upset and frustrated and not want to like them. It felt like I was validated in being able to do that. Okay. You know. Okay. So when I got to the end of it and I did my part, it was like, oh my gosh, they did nothing. They right. did nothing. It was it's, just me. It's like- when when it, we become aware of our prejudices yes. that, that we might have and hold. And, and it's not uncommon going through a list to find that there are prejudices that we have against certain people groups or yes. institutions or whatever it is mm-hmm. that quite often those people don't have any control over. 
But even if they do, like, like say, for instance, one of mine was police. I had a, a, a negative feeling toward the police mm-hmm. because of my perceived mistreatment when I was going through my legal process. And so I held everything, you know, something against all police. And then I started seeing, well, some of them are okay. It's just these guys. And then I started seeing later, well, these guys were doing their job. They're doing what they're paid to do. Um, and it was a, an issue that I was having with them, mm-hmm. not that they were having with me. And But it, it, it can be very easy for me to just lump it into a group of people. And quite frequently, I think that that comes down to not wanting to own my own responsibility in it. That's a perfect example of what I was trying to describe. Yes, yes. Excellent. So, yeah. yeah. So um, uh, as we go through here, it, it says here that we're evaluating and offering forgiveness. And then it has that caveat. Mm-hmm. The accept, <laughs> accept when to do so would harm them or others. This is the, the, the only place where there's an accept, where there's an out, if you will, on it. But what we want to make sure that we do, and this is why it is so critical to work through your steps and these principles with a sponsor, is we don't make that our get-out-of-jail-free card where I can just do anything I want and be like, oh, well, you know what? I'm pretty sure if I went and apologized to this person, someone would get harmed. And and the harm here isn't just you get uncomfortable. That's not the harm we're talking about. Right. We're talking about doing something. For instance, me and my legal situation with my victims. It's not appropriate for me to go up and call them up and say, hey, you know what? I've been working on myself and I feel a lot better. And I, I'm really sorry that I caused you harm by hurting you all those years ago. That's that's just not appropriate. That, right. that opens up a can of worms that is not mine to open up. Now, right. if they approach me and, and want to talk, then I can broach that a little bit better. But that's something that, that we go through most of the time. And again, this is just my experience. I have not found a lot of instances where that caveat comes into play for people. Typically, it's in some sort of an abusive situation mm-hmm. uh, where that harm uh, comes in. But if it's just a thing where it's like, well, I don't know, this person might get upset if I do this. Well, we're not looking to upset people, but there's ways to do that. And it doesn't mean you don't have to make that amend either. Right, right, you right. Know, there, there's ways around doing a direct amend. Right, right. Um, I was thinking of a couple of examples that would fall under that, you know, except, and one of them would be, um, there was somebody in my life that, that actually said, you know, I don't want to hear from you again. Mm. I do not want to hear. And I don't attempted to make the amends. So I feel like I did my part, but, um, I don't expect for that ever to come back around again where I hear from that person. Right. You know? Right. And, and that I, has to be okay. I released a lot of people in my life mm-hmm. from hearing from me uh, because I had hurt them with what I had done and lied to them. And so that, there, there were a lot of non-direct amends that mm-hmm. I had to do because I, I had told those people. I had given them the permission to exclude me from their life. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't for me to go and say, oh, well, because I'm in recovery... I'm going to take that back. There's, there's no ovaries on this, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. you, you just have to do what you said you would do. Well, I think I'm going to give an example later on uh, tonight when we get into this further. But I think another one would be um, when someone doesn't know that they've offended you. That's um, a real tough one sometimes. It, it's tough, but but I don't. I, I I've had to do those where not. That one wasn't difficult for me when someone didn't know that they had hurt me. Uh, I, I didn't have a problem doing that. Um, there there was uh, an amend that I'm thinking of where I did one, and it was they didn't know that I had been offended by them 
because they hadn't done anything. It was like, like you said, that I took an unjust offense. And going back to them, I, mm-hmm. I can see on their face, they're like, huh? Uh, but um, yeah, even if, if, if a person doesn't know that they've hurt me, um, I don't know that that would fall into that when it would hurt them or others just to bring it up because I think it's, it's, it is something that is needed more most of the time um, because they, I, I think people need to know, hey, you're doing this because quite often we don't know how we're being received or perceived. I guess what I have to realize is that Come, coming from a, a, a situation like that where you, where I have said to someone, I did have a, 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 I had a brush with this kind of a situation where I said to them, you know, I'm sorry that um, I hurt you because I've been harboring a lot of, um, you know, ill feelings toward you and anger toward you. And, you know, for that part, I want to make amends because I, I know that was in my heart. And they're just they look totally dumbfounded, like I have no idea what you're talking about. And then that just made it worse. It, it now was like, well, what did I do? You know, yes, and, yes. and so and then there, now there is that. Yes. And so so then from that point, the relationship, it that was it. We weren't going to be friends again, although I'll tell you a story about that one later. But um, so. I think there's times when somebody is not, they don't want to hear that because they don't understand the whole amends process. Right. And I think there's a difference between a person getting their panties in a wad and hurting a person. True. If true. my amend gets a person's panties in a wad, that might be something that happens. And, and quite frequently people hear and they're like, fine, I didn't care about you anyway. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that that's... Um, and, and here again, there's so much stuff that is, that's why we work with, with sponsors to talk about True. things. True. Uh, I had um, uh, a person that I became a sponsor of and they had gone through and, and started working their steps with another person as a sponsor and then um, had to change sponsors. And, and they said, oh, well, my sponsor just told me basically all of my amends were non-direct amends to just write oh. letters to oh. everybody. Ooh. And, and their sponsor was just they wanted to avoid conflict and so they just said it's just best if you do this which you know again it's it's that sponsor sponsee relationship is is important and that's why i think it's important to establish the relationship with someone that you you know you trust and and works but sometimes it can be it can be difficult to make these choices they're not all cut and dried Mm -hmm. and easy but if you find yourself making direct amends to absolutely everybody and there's never a thing and you've been a victim of abuse or you've been an abuser, you might want to look deeper. Right. And if you find yourself making amends and there's no, you know, you use this caveat on all of them, you might want to look deeper and, and check with a, a different uh, accountability partner and, and it might be time for a, a change of sponsorship as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So um, speaking of change of, of, of sponsorship, this is not really a change of sponsorship, but it's a, a change of pace. And we're going to jump in here with our, our song of the week real quick. Um, our song of the week comes from Phil Wickham and it's called 1000 Names and uh, I'm going to give you a little taste of it we'll be back on the other side to talk about it and to look at putting Principle 6 into action what it looks like the the actual you know boots on the ground real life experience uh, with Bev and I so here's Phil Wickham and 1000 Names mend any broken heart I'll call you faithful father you finish everything you start my 
Hey, thanks to Faith for uh, sending us that song. If you've got a request or a suggestion for a song of the week, uh, you can send that to me. Faith sent that to me by text, which is 760-608-1942. Or you can email me at bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com with your song of the week suggestions. But thanks, Faith, for, for that one. That was a great one. Bev, what, uh, what was it that stood out to you? I absolutely love the second verse. Your love is boundless beyond what I could dream. Your grace is patient. You're never, give, you're never giving up on me. I call you bondage breaker because you're handing out the prison keys. My soul was made to be free. Um, I think one of the most amazing things about our God is that he never, ever gives up on us. And I know I've had him chase me down many times relentlessly and, um, I hope I never forget that because I, I've i spent a lot of my life trying to be perfect. And when I go back and look at the mess ups that I've had and the do-overs that I've needed, um, I know it's only because God kept chasing me and not mm-hmm. giving up on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I want to just mention here, well, you know, I'm going to let you say what you want to say and then I want to mention No, something. no, go ahead and mention Okay. Um, I know that in the Old Testament especially, well, maybe it is in the New Testament too, they list God by a whole bunch of names, not yeah. a thousand, um, but Hebrew names that actually share the different qualifications of God, his abilities. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at a list here. Um, one is my righteousness, my sanctifier, my healer, my provider, my banner of victory, my peace my shepherd. And I've always said that for our family, Paul, because of the way um, our family unit was just about on the verge of being shattered. Um, I love the thought that God is my restorer, Yeah, that he takes the pieces that are lives that are broken and puts them back together. And it's not just restored. It's Brand new, yeah. you know, it's brand new and better than before. So, anyway, that's my piece. Uh, one of the things that I love about music is something that I picked up from the musician Sting uh, way back uh, in the '80s, and he talked about 
you know, somebody was asking me, what does this song mean? He says, well, if I tell you what the song means to me, then you'll stop listening to the song uh. for you. You'll just listen to it for what I meant. And mm. so he, he would never tell you what the song was about or why he wrote it. And I love that. And I know that Phil Wickham has never met me and I've never met him. And, and the other people who, who were co-writers on this song uh, do not know me or anything about me. And, and there's, uh, it was, let's see, Adrian Dish, Phil Wickham, Sean Curran, and Taylor Scott Johnson. Uh, they don't know me. But one of the things that my family knows about me is that I use a lot of names for people. And <laughs> that's true. I will give you a myriad of names and they don't have to make sense. They don't have to tie in. Sometimes they do. Uh, I had a conversation with my grandson this weekend about um, his nicknames that I've given him and, and how they progress to be what they are and, and, and all of the background on it. And, and it's, a lot of times there's some sense that gets made into it. But the thing is, is the people in my family know who I'm talking to based on the nickname. And it can be the same nickname, but they know how I direct it and they just know. And, and I think that they know that I do that because I love them, mm-hmm. that I, yes. I give them these nicknames because I love them. And it's, it's, it can be something different all the time, yes. but it's a sign of affection. And, and God loves us and he has all those names. And, and it's that expression of love. And I know that God is mm-hmm. my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, that's what I hear when I, when I hear this song. And I know that's just, a, that's a personal Paul only kind of meaning, yes. but, but it's what's important, uh, for me. So, uh, so there you go, Phil Wickham. And that's on his, his new album, the uh, newest album that just came out. So, uh, go check that out. And thanks Faith for, uh, for sending that in. Yeah. Good song. Yeah. Um, so, uh, going back to our principle here, um, we talk about here the, the, the Beatitudes, happy are the merciful and happy are the peacemakers. Having mercy and making peace oftentimes deals with having the fortitude to put something down, relinquishing my and I'm in inverted commas, air quotes, however you want to call them, my right to be angry, to be upset, Mm -hmm. to be hurt, to cause distance. And, and God says that there's, there's going to be joy in being merciful and offering that me, that, that mercy. There's going to be joy for people who make peace. And it can be so easy to want to look for a fight and to go out looking to find out who done me wrong so I can just be mad and let them have it or or let somebody have it. Go out on the internet and just, you know, blast the world. It it's it baffles me when I see people on Facebook or Instagram, dear person who doesn't know how to park, uh, you know, and they're just talking and they're ranting and venting to a person who First of all, you haven't identified them, so they don't know. <laughs> right. If they if they thought they were parking wrong, they probably would have fixed it. So they probably think they're parking right. So they don't know you're talking to them, and probably not your friend. And and you're just it's just basically you going off on a, a, a rant. Yeah. And and it, it says those aren't going to be the happy people. You know, the happy yes. people are the ones who are going to put it down. They're gonna they're gonna set aside. They're gonna they're gonna relinquish that right to be angry. Right. Um, not easy for me to do. Um, but I find myself when I'm surrounded by that, when I'm surrounded by relinquishers, it's easier for me to relinquish. And and let me tell you what I mean by that. I am by nature an aggressive driver. 
I am by nature uh, an arrogant driver. I happen to think that I am the best driver that I know. I happen to think that when I make a decision on the road, it's the right one unless I make a mistake. But if I'm cognizant about something, I'm, I'm doing it right. I'm doing it well. I'm keeping the car in there. I'm following the rules. I'm, I'm doing the right stuff and being courteous. Then I go to Hawaii. And someone stops so I can turn in front of them because they're just not in that big of a hurry. And I find myself after I come home from Hawaii wanting to just let people in. We're on the freeway this weekend. I was people emerging. I'm just, come on in. Yeah, just go for it. It's not a big deal. Coming out of a parking lot, you know, we'll do the zipper thing all day long. And just, it's not a big deal. It's one car space. I'm not going to get bent out of shape over it. And I see people who are your typical, you know, mainland aggressive drivers. And I do that. And they're like, what are you doing? You know, it's just like, nobody's catching on to what's happening because it's just not the norm. And and that's what I want to be, though. I want to be that person who's happy, who's a peacemaker. And the more I surround myself by it, the more I submerse myself, submerge myself into that culture of peacemaker, mm-hmm. the easier it is for me to do that. Yeah. So I, I need to surround myself with other people in recovery, with other yeah. people who are walking a, 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 an appropriate Christian walk. Right, right. And that's not to say that I'm, because I'm in church, I'll be around a bunch of peacemakers because no. um, I don't know how it is in your church, but in my church, I see and hear some angry people and I read some <laughs> angry posts uh, on the internet about, you know, people who, you know, have a right to do it because, you know, they're just that, that you know, righteous indignation standing up for God as if God needs me to stand up for him. <laughs> and take care of his fights. Yeah, and that doesn't always mean that I walk into church not feeling angry. Oh, Sometimes yeah. I can walk in there and oh, be yeah. the one. You oh, know? yeah. So I'm hoping that this actually comes full circle. I'm I'm not a person that can... Make it there. Draw that arc in, honey. Yeah, well, I can't always tie everything together, but I'm thinking about a devotional I listened to this morning, and they were talking about the disciples, the disciples asking Jesus what was the greatest commandment? Mm. And he said, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And the person was saying, you know what? There are some people, I wouldn't want them loving me the way they love themselves. Yes. And um, and I was thinking about that a little bit. I was thinking, you know, that is true, um, that... Um, it's sometimes hard to be in that right standing relationship with God so that uh, we can be in a position to forgive someone the way mm-hmm. we would forgive mm-hmm. ourselves, you know. And so as I was thinking about that, um, I thought that has a lot to do with forgiveness because for me, forgiveness has got a lot of layers. And I think you and I were talking about that earlier today, you know. I many times, I can't recall which one specifically, but I many times have said, I forgive you, but I still held on to it. Mm. I said the words, but my heart didn't feel it. My spirit didn't feel it. It wasn't really a real forgiveness. But because I'm codependent, I also don't like the uncomfortableness that comes with tension between me and somebody else. So... I would just make up the story. Okay, I forgive you. And I thought that that was okay. I thought that was enough. But there's no healing in that. Healing doesn't happen in that. Exactly. Because you really haven't gotten to the root of the matter. It's like trying to get rid of cancer by putting a Band-Aid on it. You know, it's not... It isn't really going to rid the body of of the cancer. Right, and that's not what happens 
Um, that's not how we heal cancer. Band-Aids, Band-Aids don't fix cancer. No, they don't. <laughs> they, just don't. they don't. But I, I don't think I really have given enough thought in my life to what forgiveness really means um, and and how I, I need to not only forgive but forget. You know? Right, right. Um, and, you know, that's... That's a critical thing that that forgiving and and letting go, and and making those amends. Um, before we go, uh, I, I want to make sure we get a chance to 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 look at the the practice of of this principle and, and how that looked. Um, are there any uh, stories that you have in your head of of um, amends that you made that were difficult, amends that you made that were easy or healing or that you still haven't made or any stories you've got? Yeah, I actually have two stories and I am in awe of how the Holy Spirit partners with us when we're getting ready to make amends and I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. The first story that I have to tell you is about someone that I knew a lot of years ago and they were that person that I described in the first part of this podcast where I went to them and asked them for forgiveness, for resenting them, for holding on to resentments, for being irritated and angry with, angry with them, but never really telling them. And what I got back was they turned on their heel and walked away from me. Mm. And do you know that six years later, that person came back to me and just was sobbing. And they said, I, I knew what you meant, but I just, I couldn't, couldn't handle it then. So now I'm asking for amends back. And, and the reason why I say that the Holy Spirit is so involved in that is because God knew that he was not setting me up for failure. Mm -hmm. He knew that he was setting me up for freedom. Um, and I had to learn the hard way that to walk away from that and not feel like that I had made a mistake in making that amends, that I had not misinterpreted my position or my responsibility actually was going to have the effect that it did on the other person. Right. That, um, I mean, I really do believe that, that God convicts us. And I'm not saying that I have the power to convict. I don't. I don't. I'm not saying that at all. But I don't know, even to this day, if my words um, were received by that person through the Holy Spirit to convict them of their life and what they needed to make right. And so it was absolutely necessary that both partners were going to walk away gaining something from that. And that's not always true. That doesn't right, always happen. Right, right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's not, that's not a promise that we have. It's, it's nice. No. It's wonderful no. when that happens, but but yeah, for sure, it's not not a promise that we're guaranteed that yeah, this is gonna you know be you know fantastic and right, easy. Right, right. And I have a second story, but I want to give you a chance to share if you have something to share too. Well, I, I think about um, going through and working my steps and and making amends. And the first time I went through, I was just all about this. Let's get this done. Let's make it happen. Um, but then in subsequent times. I had some some hurts, and I think specifically about when I was forced out of my job at Starbucks, and uh, the circumstances around that were uh, very um, unfair, 
uh, to me, and um, the company let me know that it was unfair to me, but it was one of these things where it was a decision that they made because it was an expedient business decision to get rid of me rather than to continue fighting things in a, with court just because of the cost of lawyers. And so they let me know going in that I would not be satisfied with what went on, even though they knew the facts. And that was difficult, mm. difficult pill for me to swallow mm. because I loved that job so much. and It was so much a part of my identity. Yeah. And I was in a really dark place for a very long time after that. And, and some of the players in that, I had a hard time with the amends process. And some of them were those kind where they had no clue mm-hmm. what they had done. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I waited for a while to make amends with some of them. And, and by a while, I mean, it was like, I think, four years. Um, and I finally did. And it was one of those things where I was doing a step study and, and we were talking about amends. And I said, you know, if there's stuff out there that you're just avoiding because you don't want to, that doesn't fall under this caveat of it'll hurt someone. And I realized I was talking to myself. Mm. And so I made a commitment to my people. All right, I'll have this done by such and such a time. So I went and did it. And I was able to get to a couple of them. And the the one of them just kind of accepted it. And I think they had a little bit of experience with recovery things. So they kind of knew what I was doing. One of them did not. And I could tell they were completely caught off guard by it. And they're like, what? Huh? I don't understand what. Oh, all right. Okay. And then another one never gave me the opportunity uh, to, to do that. And that's another area where it's like you might have the responsibility to do a face-to-face, but the person just won't have it. Like you yeah. said, they'll say, you know, you stay out of my my thing and that's not going to harm them but they've given you that so you you, you just got to find other avenues mm-hmm. uh so that's that's why but i it, that that desire to wait and and when i finally did it 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 was what i expected or what i knew it was i knew that i would feel better i would feel relieved i would have unburdened myself from carrying around the weight of that resentment yeah okay well my second story involves um Someone that I had to wait, well, I didn't have to wait, but I did wait about 12 years before I made amends to them. And I don't know if you've ever had this experience or not, Paul, but God had been telling me for a long time I needed to do this. And I was kind of like Jonah, you know, it's like, really, God? No, okay, well, you know, I'll wait. And and then I was wanting to make deals with God, like, okay, God, well, if they show up at church or whatever, then, then I'll do it. If they don't, if I see them around town, okay, you know, and we get a chance to be together. Well, I woke up on Easter Sunday, and um, this is quite a few years back, and I thought to myself, okay, I really do want to make amends, but I don't see this person at church very often, and they're never alone. They're always surrounded by people or with other, you know, other friends or family or whatever. So I did. I just said, Lord, if this is really what you want me to do, will you please have this person be available to me? Um, I pray that I'll see them at church and we'll have that opportunity. The whole time thinking, God's not going to do that. He's, he's not going to make this happen. Lo and behold, I walked in, and that was the Easter that we had a ton of people. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how many people attended that service, but it was big. Yeah. And um, lo and behold, I walk in, and this person is early to church. 
okay, early to church. Well, I didn't get a chance to get to them because other people kind of swooped in and were, you know, talking to them. But then they were always the last ones to get there before church started and the first one to leave when church ended. So don't you know, church is over and I see her standing off to the side all by herself. And I just felt God saying, go, mm. just go. This mm-hmm. is the time. And um, so I made the amends to her and I said, you know, I'm sorry, blah, 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 blah. And um, she looked me right in the eye and, and I, I could tell, tell that she was not expecting that, you know, but she did just, she gave me a small little hug and just said, okay. And my point is that um, I just remember the feeling of, even though I kind of bargained with God, but still when everything was done and said at the end of the day, I did obey Mm -hmm. and how God orchestrated it. So I had no choice but to do it. You know what I mean? And, And I knew at that point, if I didn't do it that day, I would never do it. And that it was just the being in the right place at the right time and, and I did owe it to her, you know. So and anyway. you know, like we say, that the the purpose of the amends is not for the person; it's for us. It's mm-hmm. so that we can get through and heal mm-hmm. in our recovery journey. Um, we're not doing it for that person's result. Quite often, you're not going to get the big hug and say, "Oh, oh that's no. so good. I was hoping nope. you'd say this, and I'm so sorry for everything I did to you too." And kumbaya. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that that doesn't happen. No. Most of the time, and most it of shouldn't. The time, yeah, most of the time, it's uh, either confused or. It just, you know, put some closure on that relationship. Uh, well, you know, I never even thought about this till just now when you were explaining that. And that is, hopefully, hopefully for me, making the amends will remind me the next time I'm getting ready to start to do something like that again. Like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go through this again. I should mm-hmm. do the right thing the first time. Right. Yes. You know, I mean, seriously. Absolutely. So, you know. Absolutely. Well, uh, cool. Do you have anything else to, to add to, to this discussion? I don't think so. All right. Well, that's it. Uh, next week will be uh, Principle 7. And uh, Principle 7 is not necessarily my favorite principle, but it is definitely my favorite principle to read on a Friday night, and we'll find out about that next week why. <laughs> but uh, I just want to tell you to um, check out our giving options uh, through Patreon or through our text to give 760 W-A-L-L-S-C-A, Walls, California. Uh, text the word mom and it'll walk you through the process. Um, and we do, uh, we count on those those gifts to help pay for getting the, the podcast out and, and taking care of the needs of the ministry. So thank you so very much for all that do that and for anybody who's considering it. Um, give it a try, see how it is. And, and if it's not for you, you know, you can cancel it anytime. Uh, don't forget to check us out on our social media on Facebook, on Instagram, look for those pictures. Uh, there's some pictures from me listening to the show last week uh, up there. Uh, so that's fun as well. And um, if you want to get a hold of me, it's bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. Or you can just send me a text, 760-608-1942. I love it when people send me texts and call me um, to uh, just uh, say hello or, or talk about a problem or whatever it is. It makes me feel as though, uh, you know, I, I woke up on purpose that day and, and I really appreciate it. So thanks for being here. Bev, thanks for being here. Hey, thank you for having me here. You betcha. And uh, we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mm-hmm.
Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess It Up.